When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Mark Crossfield here and Lou Stagner. No Greg this evening. Uh, Lou, is, is Greg playing this week? I can't Is he? He's not getting ready for Pebble or something. Is he this week? I can't remember. Uh, he had week. an event that he was playing in this week. And then yeah. he there was uh, an outside chance he was going to get into Pebble. He was kind of waiting to see how it all shook out. So hopefully yeah. he does. So, I'd love to watch him there. Yeah, I totally agree. So no Greg this evening, but Greg is coming back. Don't worry about that. For all the Greg Jarman's fans out there, which is me and Lou included, um, how much distance do you need to be a better golfer? We're going to talk about this evening. Lots of big releases happening at the moment with Stealth and Rogue from Callaway and Cobra released the new driver today. It's all kicking off and everyone wants more distance. Just how much will actually make a difference? So, Lou, question to you. First question. So how much longer actually matters? Let's break it down to ball speakers. People are watching lots of reviews at the moment of the new clubs. You've got the Stealth from TaylorMade with its red face coming out and it's boasting some claims. Um, so I might read you the claim, actually. Yeah, I'd it's love to hear the claim. claim. I, um, this claim has made me giggle because people didn't seem to go with this one. So this is written on the TaylorMade website. Ball speed claim based on player testing a stealth versus a Sim 2 driver at 106 miles per hour average swing speed. So the claims of extra distance, wherever they might be around that driver, one of the products, I don't know which one of the heads that was on. I think it might be on. I can't remember which one it was on. Um, the claim is based on someone swinging at 106 miles an hour. So if you think about that, that you just need one person in a sample of 50 people and the one who swung at 106 gets one 0.5 yards longer, two yards longer, one mile an hour ball speed extra than the Sim 2 with an equivalent, in inverted commas, strike. You can now arguably claim your club is longer for your advertisers as long as you put that small print on that small print made me giggle. What, what do you think of that small print? And the second part or the main chunk of the question is how much longer actually matters for the normal golfer. Which one should I tackle first? Where, tackle where that first one because it's, a, it's obviously just speculation, but it's for, I love small print. I do love small print. Yeah. You always, always read the small print. That's always, no one, no always one good advice. It. Yeah. Always, always <laughs> good advice. Well, uh, you know, this is such an interesting topic. Um, and so, 
Wait, I, I guess I'll tackle does getting longer help you? Yeah, absolutely. It helps you. So you want to have more distance and more distance is going to generally equate to lower scores. Um, I've done some analysis around that recently, um, and there's going to be some articles coming out. I don't know that I can release the data on that, but um, I did a really deep dive on adding distance year over year for players. And people that add distance are very, very, very likely to lower their scoring and oftentimes lower their scoring by multiple shots, depending on how much distance they pick up. So adding distance, even if it's only five yards, is going to help your game. Um, At the PGA Tour level, 10 yards is roughly seven tenths of a shot per round, give or take. Um, So five yards is a third of a shot. Uh, For amateurs, um, I, I guess it's... It's, it's hard to answer for amateurs in a, as definitive a way because we have such varying skill level of amateur player. Uh, everyone on the PGA Tour, they're all pretty good, um, and they're all yeah. really close to one another. Um, amateur players, a scratch player is much different than a 25 handicap player. Um, so all in, um, you know, adding five yards of distance is going to lower your scores um, and lower them probably enough for you to notice. So um, I, I think – adding distance where you can is important. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So but with the new drivers all coming out, everyone's talking um, obviously about distance and the ideas of, you know, that's, that's what they're generally going to be selling the most times when it comes to a new driver, which makes a lot of sense as well. I, I would be if I had a new driver coming out. Yeah. Um, what kind of ball speed gains are we going to have to see for that five miles an hour? One to two mile an hour ball speed really could gain two to five yards in distance, could it not? Yeah, two miles an hour ball speed would be, you know, you'd probably know this a little better than me, but I think two miles an hour ball speed would be, I don't know, four to six, four to seven additional yards, roughly. Again, it's all player dependent, depending on your launch characteristics. Um, So, you know, like I actually talked to one of the college players that that, um, I work with, great player, phenomenal player, and, and very, very much in tune with all of his numbers. And he hit the stealth. Uh, and he said he saw a little bit of uptick in ball speed overall, but he also saw a huge increase in spin. Um, and his spin went way up compared to what it normally is. And so that all kind of washed out for him. Um, but uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, all, all things being equal with a perfectly center faced strike, the ball isn't going to go any faster. It can't right? 1.5 is the max. Isn't that what it is, right? 1.5? It's actually slightly below 1.5. Slightly below 1.5. But Chapman rounds yeah. it up to 1.5, which is yeah. where lots of people and, think and, smash and so at 1.5. If you swing the club 100 miles per hour, um, the ball can't go more than 150. Um, yeah. And if it goes more than 150, it's not a legal club. So if they, and I think they're all pretty much close to the edge. So are they having a club that's going to go 155 when you swing the club 100 they 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 probably could make that but you wouldn't be able to use it but what about on those off center hits obviously yeah. these clubs would be claiming on an average so they're not talking about only that centered strike they're going to be talking about when you vary your strikes across the face are new designs and obviously um, Rogue has its design. Cobra has its design. These are just uh, clubs that Mizuno have got new drivers coming very soon. Um, Zexio, the company I 
play their driver have got a new drivers come out uh, or you know announced and obviously taylor made stealth talk about sustaining ball speed across the face um that's possibly where you could see your one or two mile an hour gains you think about it couldn't it because if you're seeing bigger drop-offs from other clubs if you don't get those drop-offs and you're hitting 40 shots to test the club say you might see an average which is slightly higher yeah you you could you know i think in this whole discussion i i think there are players you know we always hear every year you know gain 10 yards and that's something we've heard forever i mean as long as i've been playing golf uh every new driver every year is going to have you gain a good chunk of distance um and i think it's true for players that were playing something off the rack that is not fit at all for their game and their swing and they go through a fitting and they get good fitting equipment in their hands um and maybe it's the right shaft and so they go from spinning the ball you know somebody at my you know with my swing speed my ball speed and i go from spinning the ball at you know 3200 and i get that down to 2400 i just picked up a lot of yards all things being equal um and so i think getting fit is where players are going to um pick up yards and it's not that their old driver was that much more inferior it's just that it wasn't set up for them it wasn't the right the right equipment for them and you've done so much testing on all of this and i have to imagine that you get a lot of clubs in your hand that are you know set up for you yeah. um and yeah. if they sent you some, is set up for me yeah if they sent you something that wasn't set up for you you probably wouldn't perform very well with it are supply chain issues still disrupting your operations? Graybar has you covered. As a leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products, professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Their nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals with building and maintaining the operations in our electrical, communications, and industrial world by getting them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R.com. Yep, Graybar does that. Um, well, that's or, not actually true, but that's really because, Yeah, if I soon it, so for instance, I hit a driver today, it's a old driver, so it couldn't be set up for me. And it took me let's say between two to 10 shots to work out what delivery I needed to apply to get the most out of it. So if I just hit it, how I hit a current driver, it was going, let's say 20 yards shorter. So I looked at the numbers and I was looking at the shots and just thinking, right, I can move that launch. I can move that spin, that peak height. So then I tried delivering slightly differently, getting on a different part of the face because it's a very different shape and size head because it's a very old club. Um, and I was able to get it very, very close to the modern driver. So I was able to find how to get the most out of that club because I can manipulate, certainly in a launch monitor, how I hit the ball. So that's 
only backs up your statement even more. If you don't want to make those manipulations and then you're maybe not good enough to know how to find or could find those alterations, the fitting process, as Lou is saying there, is, is just super, super important. And any gains I've seen are generally from either a better fit or they are from poor reading of data. That's a really common one. I see it presented on videos constantly still at the moment. This driver went four yards further when it's got a standard deviation of six to 10 yards short and long, and it was four yards longer. That's just reading the data wrong. Unless you repeat that test like a minimum of three times, that's just what are you saying apart from you're saying something to make your audience happier or you're saying something to make the person who sends you the club happier um uh, or it's from a tip because sometimes in i mean any fits i did when i was a fitter stroke coach was built around how they deliver the club as well so i was very upfront with people that it's, it's pointless fitting you you're hitting eight down and 12 across across the ball right? right do you really want me to fit something around that and some people would go i play once a month do your best cool i'll do that thank you i get it and other people would go well i practice every week I would like to improve that. Yeah, well, let's improve that. And then as we improve it, we'll get more of a feel for your range of movement of improvement. And then we'll start fitting better around your projected kind of outcome from where I think I can get you to. And yeah, I hear that all the, the time biggest... when I get fit. Uh, Lou, you, you're leaving that face nine degrees open there. Uh, do you want me to fit around that? <laughs> I mean, you, you dance with the girl you brought. That's what they always say, right? <laughs> So yeah, you might as well. But to, give, gonna... to give you an idea, to give you an idea, I had a really interesting conversation today with someone, lots of talk on my channels at the moment about the new driver releases. This person went for one of the new drivers I've mentioned in that group. They were on YouTube comments, actually. They were commenting, saying that they did see distance. They were like, I did see extra distance from this driver that I'd reviewed. And I was like, cool, can you send me the data? Because when people say they see distance or they see spin, like when you mentioned... The amateur that you said, I think it was amateur you're working with or yeah. you're talking to saying that they saw ball speeds, but the spin went up. In the, if I don't see that data, I don't, matter how, I don't care how good a player they are, how bad a player they are. I don't believe a word they're saying. Because uh, this kid's a, read... he's a, a math and physics major at Carnegie Mellon. His IQ is probably 160. So I definitely trust his assessment of the numbers for most yes, people, but, but, I would say. Yeah, I but, spin, no, but think about it, Lou. That's it's no. That, that's again where the point is being missed. Spin doesn't just go up. Spin is an ingredient of those numbers that he is delivering. So what number is he delivering differently with that club for that spin to go up? Spin doesn't just go up or down. There are there are just plain ingredients of delivery. Uh, you know, I, I think that's I think that's fair. And you see I, what and I mean? I, that's why I don't so, I want to see the data. I want yeah, to see his, the delivery. I want to know why that spin that went up. Yeah. Because what you said, and people read it this way, believe you and me. Ball speed went up, but the spin went up. People will hear that and go, oh, so that club spins more. No, the club doesn't do anything. You put them in a robot, like for like, they're going to be exactly the same within 100 revs of each other. And that's revs per minute. That's not revs per second. That's revs per minute. Your ball's not in the air for a minute. Like it's unmeasurable difference. That club spun more because he delivered some different parameters out of the ingredients and spin that made that ball spin more. It wasn't the club. It was how he reacted to the club. It was as much the player as it was the club combined. So that statement that you said alone 
That's why I want to see the numbers. Don't care how good a mathematician he is. He needs to understand the, in, the impact dynamics that cause spin. He should be saying to you, that spin went up because I couldn't control the loft. That yeah, spin he, went up he might have comment about the, the shaft. He thought the shaft that he was hitting in there was Shafts not, don't create spin. Yeah, Shafts not. don't create spin. Would, would shaft uh, change how the club head was delivered, though? Would, per person. How it kicked? And yeah. I, want, I, I want to know. Kick, yeah. Forget kick. The ingredients of spin are not related to the word kick in a shaft. The ingredients of spin are related to the impact dynamics. The ball doesn't see the shaft. It doesn't see the person. It just feels what is applied to it. The energy. It just sees my nine degree open face and it knows it's going to go 90 <laughs> yards right. <laughs> That's what it sees. <laughs> but I, these conversations are so frustrating. I see them time and time again where people say, oh, it's spun more. And then they say shaft and kick and talk. Just show me the delivery, the, the numbers, and I'll tell you why that's fun more. And then we can relate it back to causes. You reacted to this shaft this way. You reacted to the weight of the club this way. You reacted to the center of gravity this way. Don't tell me the numbers. Show me the data. Otherwise, the conversation is pointless. Yeah. Because we're not actually talking about anything. We're talking about what you think you saw. Um, but look, this is an interesting one. I had the person on YouTube saying that he saw gains. I said, show me, show me the data. And he shared the data with me, but he wasn't able to share the data that well. But I managed to get it out of him in the end. Not that he didn't want to, because he really wanted to know if, you know, if he had seen gains. And I asked him about the protocol of his fit. And he responded. I hope you won't mind me saying this. I'm not mentioning any names. He had eight shots in total. I had a couple of warm-up shots. Then I hit the first set with my driver. I won't mention the driver bottom photo so he shows me the data on that and then tried a different driver settings for 15 to 20 shots then moved to a different driver in several different settings hit 15 to 20 shots and then finally moved to a normal whatever this driver is i don't just i don't want to it's not related to the driver and the remaining shot so the the last shot he shows me on his sheet that was the final version, you know, with the shaft and the head tweaked and everything. Yeah. Just just go through the points of that there. Just call the red flags out. Do you spot any of the red flags there? So first off, your 80 shots. I had a couple of warm-up shots. Then I hit my first set with his driver, which he sends me the numbers of, which is like zero to 14 shots. Name the red flags there. Well, I mean, one, when you're, when you're hitting that many shots in a single session, you're going to get tired. Um, that's not always, but not yeah. always, but I think most people um, are, are going to be impacted by that. Um, and then I think it's always, and this gets really challenging. Like to me, if I am going to get fit, I would want to get fit over multiple days, multiple sessions, not a single one hour session, <laughs> simply because um, I want to try and, uh, you know, balance out control as much as I can. And as an amateur player, you know, my delivery, uh, I can get into, you know, a series of 10 or 15 shots where I hit it beautifully. I hit it perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can get into a series of 15 shots where it doesn't matter what club I have in my hand. I am just not making good contact at that moment for whatever reason. So um, I'd, I love to try to balance that out as much as possible um, and, and try to have fittings cover multiple days just so I can, I can, I can try to avoid that situation because it, it, it Do you can know happen. why fittings would never really work over a couple of days? No. Why? Why do you think? 
Well, I know why, because the margin in the product you're going to buy is minuscule. And I ain't spending wasting my time with you over a couple of days to make no money. The, the, the industry, so I couldn't agree with you more when I've done my bigger tests where I try to make bigger statements. So I tried to find MOI on two very contrasting clubs. I tested them over three months. I hit 300 shots, batches of 12. So I didn't, you know, I hit, I waited till I was warm, like at the end of the sessions where I was at my full speed. And then I hit both of these clubs, 10 with each, alternating two with one, two with another, two with one, two with another, two with one, two with another to try and get rid of any patterns. And right. I spaced it over over months to get a huge data set without any of me. I'm trying to get as little as me reflecting in that data as possible, which is near on impossible with golf because the person's always going to come through because obviously there's a person holding on. But this person hit a couple of shots and then he did a data set with his. And guess what? His last, his second batch of numbers that he sent me, the ball speed was up five mile an hour, six mile an hour faster. Of course it is. I go in that studio where I film tomorrow. I won't get to speed till about 40 shots in. And I am peaking at like 80 to 150 shots is when I'm getting to my fastest speeds. And then around 100 to 150 is maybe where I start feeling like I need to eat some food. Um, it, it's a classic fitting problem. He hit his club straight off the bat. He didn't retest it. That is insane, in my opinion. And if we look at the data, what's really interesting, because he said to me very clearly, I can't read the data, it's a bit confusing for me. His start angle with his driver was constantly left and a little bit low because he was obviously hitting Healy cuts with that club. And then by the time he warmed up, the start direction of his last 14 or 15 was all like zero, 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 minus one. His first 50 was like minus six, minus eight, minus four, zero, minus 12, minus four, minus six. I like thinking, man, this guy has had a fitting in inverted commas. That's not a fitting. That's a selling. So if you want your club to be longer, that's how you do it. I see people do it time and time and time again. If you go for fitting and you are not retesting your driver at the end when the decision is being made, and you should not be hitting batches of 12 or 15. You need to hit three with the one that you think you're going to buy, three with your old. Free with the one you're going to buy, free with your old. If you can get that up to over 12 shots in the alternative and you see a statistical difference, there's your reason for buying your club. If you just want to buy a shiny new thing, like that's cool, warm up with your club, ignore those numbers, and then it'll be longer come the end of your 80 ball session. So, I mean, the red flags in his message was just, it blew my head off. Yeah, I've I, said this in so many videos, but so I have a question for you. I want you to make a I want you to make a prediction about the future, and, and I'm going to kind of set you up for this question. So, um, okay. I, I think putting the right shaft in something like a driver is important. Um, I think you would agree with that. Um, you wouldn't want somebody like me. Could I adjust? Sure, but you wouldn't want somebody like me playing a you know a certain kind of shaft. Um, and so let's say that that's something that we're trying to fit for and is important. Like, I, do you think in the future that we're going to be able to use software like um, Sportsbox AI? It's that new 3D software yeah, uh, yeah. that you can, yeah. you can film your swing and you, and you get your swing in 3D. So you go for a fitting and they, they film you using something like Sportsbox AI to, 
understand your swing in three dimensions, what you're doing, how you're doing it, how everything's working together, they get 20 or 30 of those swings. And then they're able to use that information, how you're moving, how fast you're moving, the directions that you're moving, all of those things married up maybe with some, some launch monitor numbers and use that to just kind of solve an equation of, you know, Mark, this is how you move. Um, these are what your numbers are currently producing. Let me, let me create the equation and figure out, you should be playing this shaft right here. Do you think it'll ever get to that? It might Does do. It and it doesn't, it's a funny question in my head and I get why you're asking it because I know your personality, but that's not how it works in the sense of you can give like, people react to shafts in different ways. So you put a shaft in a robot and it does what it's meant to do. So it, 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 you'll get the tiny deviations that you might see from different dynamics of a shaft and they are tiny. Okay. And I have seen this test in robots from the craziest opposites of shafts. As soon as you put those shafts in a human's hand, they will say things like that feels light. Oh, that feels really whippy. When I pull on that, it feels like the head's here, there, or whatever. It feels like it kicks. They say all these terms, which only cloud any of the very small differences that you see from a robot test when you put loads of different shafts in a robot that has no feelings. That's before you look at the general standard deviations of a human and a really skilled human in left and right, short and long misses. They're bigger than any of the shafts when you put them within a, a certain tolerance into a robot's hand. So you're talking about differences that just will not shine through unless you have the smallest of deviations in that data. Then you've got the other thing. I've seen shafts affect where people strike the ball in the face, yeah. the way they react to it. They strike it in a different place. I've seen people react to shafts with speeds, Vice versa, where I react really well to light shafts, I go faster. I've seen people swing light shafts no faster and swing heavier ones faster where you give me an over heavy shaft and it, I can swing it as fast, but I don't feel like I can swing it as fast for a longer period of time. So it doesn't matter how much you analyze, you're still going to have to work in the human mess. The human but mess So this there. is where I would push back a little bit and say, and, and I would say, given enough data, if you measure enough people, and you are keeping, you know, good track of everything, um, you know, th the player, the skill level, what they're hitting, what their baseline driver was, how they adjust to different, different shafts. If you collect enough data, you can get sort of a fingerprint around what you could you potentially would have a good starting point. You'd have a good starting point. You could get a fingerprint about what might happen. So, you know, here's what I know about Mark. Um, and I have this, this, this repository of hundreds of thousands of shots of, of different skill level golfers hitting all different types of shafts and how they react. I, you know, given enough of that information, we could maybe make some guesses on, on where you might fit in and how you might react given if we give you a really soft shaft, we know that you're going to react in this way, or we think you might react in yeah, this we way. Think and you're and that would so. cause this to happen in your ball flight. So I wonder if it'll ever get to that, that level. I mean, I'm, I'm it curious. might do, but the other thing that's interesting with this conversation, cause you, I don't like the term, the right shaft. I haven't got a better term for it. And I understand what it's used just to let you know, there's probably 10, 20 shafts, maybe 30 shafts that are right. Sure. People think yeah. there's one shaft. Oh, I need yeah. the shaft as if no, it's no, no, this no. like yeah. 
golden goose of well, right. I'm going to test all these 60 stiffs in, this, in different brands. And they're just like, oh, I just want to shoot myself during this fitting because all that's happening is your like standard deviation short and long is 25 yards and left and right is 30 yards. And you're trying 10 of the exact same shaft because you think that pink one is better than that red one. That's the most common outcome that happens <laughs> predominantly from shaft testing at the uh -huh. minute. I'll send you some links to some videos I've done. And when we are, when I come over, we'll do some testing on shafts if we can. You'll be blown away if we do some testing and what comes out. If I test you blind, when I've tested people blind, it shocks them what comes out. Yeah, I, I think you're going to be shocked by what comes out of my golf swing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great day. I look forward to it. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, I don't even like the fact that we've talked that long about shafts because again, it just takes away from the actual point is that it's you. It's the, the, the yes, a club fit can help, but what a club fit can help. The main thing a club fit can help is make you understand why you hit that 20 yard cut, why you launch it high, why it spins too much, why it spins too little. They're questions that are easily answered with understanding your delivery. They're like kind of not wasting time, but it's a lot of golf garnish when you start testing 20 shafts to try and remove 300 reps of spin on a driver to another one. When, like I say, your standard deviation, say with spin is a thousand two hundred. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, come I, know on. You, I know what you mean. And there's I, a I, lot of people in that bracket. I, I still, I, I think we both agree. So if you want to get longer, I think getting fit, I think is important. Um, and making, cause you could have something in your hands. that's just not suited for you at all. You bought it off the rack. You bought it off of eBay. You've been playing it. Uh, I think getting fit just, is just, great. Can I interrupt you there? Because yeah, I just yeah. want to interrupt you there. And my years of coaching, I have never coached anyone that has a driver where the shaft totally isn't right for them. Never. Um, uh, I've had I, plenty of people come through saying, I don't like this shaft. Yeah. I don't like this club. I have never taught anyone. And if any golf coach out there puts their hand on their heart and takes their selling hat off, which is a complication with fittings, most of the people doing fittings are actually selling you the club. They've got an agenda. I'm not judging. We've all got agendas to sell. We've all got to make a living and good luck to them. I have never taught anyone and thought this person would be better if they had a different shaft. I've taught many people thought this person would be better if they stopped it off the toe. Oh, uh, the shaft stops them in off the toe. Well, it might stop them for about a week. But it comes back. It all, they always regress to the mean. They always regress to the mean because the reason they're in off the toe is because of their delivery. Or the reason they have scattergun impact is because of their delivery. It's because of the way they use pushing the ground. It's because of the way they move their body. Yeah, I fit them for a different shaft. And in that fitting, it's slightly better. But you see them again in two months. They've regressed to the mean. No, no one's fixed. It's a myth. Um, oh, I'm winning no friends tonight. <laughs> But I would, I would put, I would push back against that. And yeah, I, I would, you use, would. And, and I would use your own words from earlier where you say you adjust to a different shaft, right? And so maybe somebody is adjusting. So maybe somebody's playing a shaft that's not suited for them and they're adjusting their swing to try to adapt to that shaft and they're adjusting in a way that is negative for them. And you put the right, quote unquote, the right shaft in their hand, and they're going to adjust to that new shaft. But but that adjustment 
is better for consistency of delivery compared to the other <laughs> shaft. Hopefully that makes sense with what I'm saying. It makes no, it does uh, make I don't sense, know. It I, makes I, no sense. It makes no sense because you basically just said someone's got the wrong shaft, but they've adjusted to make it work. But then you put a different shaft in and then they don't have to adjust well, to make they, it work. Well, what are, are you telling me that that new shaft has made them lower their scores? Is that what you're saying? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see what I mean? I, I that's the know. other thing that it never boils down to. That's the thing that's so boring, which is why I would like people to collect stats. <laughs> if more people collected stats, they would realize that they don't need to go down the equipment hole that deep. There are plenty of good clubs out there ranging from 250 quid up to 780, you know, 800 pounds. Can you put, you put that in dollars for spend. me? I always get confused well, when you thousand dollars, thousand dollars to about $300. Let's say yeah. about that. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Um, um, you have to so give me a lesson on, on what, what is a quid anyway? Like you have, I thought you have a pound, a pound, a pound is a quid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a dollar and a buck, I guess. Oh, it? okay. Yeah. I thought it was just a different unit of measurement, and I'm so lazy. I actually don't know where never the slang word it. "quid" comes from. I'll, I'll look it up at some point. Oh, I, I love um, it. So, so, where will real gains come from then? So, if gains are going to come a little bit from equipment, possibly, but the guy on the uh, uh, what was I've forgotten his name off the top of my head from the USGA. I don't mean to be rude. What was his name? Uh, well, you, put me on, you put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, okay. So we both can't remember, but yeah, John was a John. John yeah. yeah. It was John. yeah. Um, <clears throat> he said that equipment hasn't changed over the last X amount of years. So where right. will the gains come from? I mean, I've seen gains. I've seen 10 mile hour ball speed gains by working on myself. That's not delivery. Cause I was yeah. pretty much maxing well, that out. One. I physically changed. And we've got a person joining the PGA tour today. Um, it's been on over all socials. I'm just going to, I don't, can't remember his name, but I've got his, Ball speed here was 211 miles an hour. Is that all? He's six foot nine. Yeah. Like he's basketball size and big. It's... 211 miles an hour. I yeah, played that's... with Scott recently over in um, Texas. And Scott is two of me physically. He's a big guy. And I'm not surprised that he's 30 past me because I just think he would punch me and knock me out within one blow. I wouldn't be able to dent him um if he were doing a slam dunk contest he's gonna win he's just physically bigger than me i mean this guy is like two 211 ball speed that's, yeah that's fast uh, that is uh, carry that is... two two uh, three seven two on quad three seven two on quad yeah. two four spin so that's pretty good <laughs> that's yeah, where your gains that. are <clears throat> yeah i would take yeah so he, here's where i think you can gain one i do think getting fit will help you. Um, so I, I think that is one part of the puzzle. Then if you really want to gain length, um, you know, go and work out. And, um, you know, we had Mike Carroll on here, fit for golf um, on social. He's great. He's got great workouts. He works with a ton of players. A lot of people have seen benefit from what he does, you know, start a workout routine, get physically stronger uh, and do all the things that somebody like Mike is going to have you do. Uh, and then start speed training, add speed training in um, super speed stack system, uh, Clay Ballard's 20 minute distance fix. They're all excellent to gain speed. So you do oh. all of those things and you will get longer and getting longer will lower your scores. Um, I've looked at that in depth in the Arcos data and people that get longer, lower their scores. People that get shorter, their scores go up. 
this is a yeah. year over year type of an analysis. So yeah, um, totally. getting longer is a, is a great way to, to score better. I mean, these are very basic stats because they're averages. And don't worry, I understand that there'll be people of handicaps who have fallen out of these averages, top and bottom end. I get that. But your averages, scratch handicapper, 278 yards, 10 handicapper, 256, 15 handicapper, 237 yards, 20 handicapper, 225, 25 handicapper, 201 yards. It's a very noticeable just drop down in the averages of distances according to handicaps. Again, I know their averages. I know you can be a scratch handicapper in it, probably 220. You're just going to be one of the outliers rather than right. maybe one of the norms. Um, that doesn't mean it's not possible. I totally agree. It is. I was a scratch handicapper as a kid, old ball, old money, and I was probably in it those days, 220 yards off the tee. Uh, I get it. But if you want to make it easier and not be paddling under the surface like a duck does, you want to be going longer in play if you can. So my final question then, why do so many people try to buy distance? Just to give you an example, I can do a review of the new whatever, and it'll get pretty good traction online and people watch it and they really engage with the content, want to chat about it. They're interested I think you looked at one of my driver reviews recently. You said, yeah, because obviously you were interested yeah, in the product. Awesome. Best yeah. intro ever. <laughs> Best intro ever. It was spectacular. <laughs> it was the one on the stealth. So I got to say it was, yeah. it was really well done. And the intro was hysterical. So yeah, go, yeah, go yeah, watch absolutely. it on, on Mark's YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, it's worth it. Yeah. Just for the intro alone. It's worth yeah, it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. The intro is fantastic. Even made me myself giggle that one. Um, but why do people just try and buy this when we know really basically, I mean, you mentioned Mike Carroll there. Just I played with Mike recently in America. A video coming on my yeah. YouTube channel very soon. And just to let you know, he wasn't much past me at all. Everybody actually, he he said to me on the fifteenth percent. He said, "You're not actually that short, are you?" I was like, "Well, it's it's good for me to say I'm short because people on YouTube like the fact that I'm short and straight. But in the realms of playing amateur golf, no, I wouldn't be short if I went to a club. I'd be in no. The you're one of the longest ones out there." Yeah, 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 for sure. I always think that's funny on YouTube. You have people... good ball speed and you have, you launch it really well. Like you're, you're, I'm, launch I'm a long driver. I've told you this. I'm yeah. a long, I max out on the ping charts. I'm always the top end of my ball speed attack angle. Yeah. I'm always, I've always have done. I'm, I, I max it. I just need what's to get your, the what's your angle of attack? The, with the pistols. No, you I'm don't... between three and six up. No, that's nothing. I get to 10 up. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's too far up. Hey, come on, <laughs> I can swing ten up on that thing. Why do you think I'm... I can swing ten? I can yeah. swing ten up if I wanted to, but it won't go any feel go shorter, so I choose not yeah. to. So why do people try and buy it? I see it time and time again. If I do a video on overspeed training or I do something with Mike Carroll about fitness, it won't get any of the traction. Obviously, I understand that the manufacturers put millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars into creating hype around their product, which then creates the views and the interest in it. I get that as well. But I do find it really interesting that I didn't, when I decided to go faster, I inst I just looked at me i didn't look at drivers obviously i've got a different level of experience of clubs i've been testing them for years but i wouldn't have even looked at drivers years ago i would have looked at them for 10 minutes and realized like two mile an hour is not going to shake the stick here i need to move it 10 20 mile an hour faster and that isn't going to happen 
coming from a club. So why are people still thinking they can buy it? That's what I think um, is interesting. So one, I, I I do think let's take 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 for granted. I agree yeah. with you that if you haven't got a club fit for you and it's you could you can get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, cheap yeah. games to be had. I agree with that. But outside of that. Why are they trying to buy it? So I'm going to answer it in two ways. One, I, I think technology does improve with golf clubs, especially on off-center hits. On center strikes, it is what it is. You know, all things being equal, the ball can't go. It, it, it's There's regulations in place. So the ball can only go so Why fast. would you think that out of interest? Um, well, um, I guess I've, I've seen some, um, some numbers around off-center hits on drivers across very, very large populations, and not all clubs perform the same. Um, so I, I think that there is um, there's something but to be said. But not all off-center hits are the same. Not all off-center hits No, they're not all the same, but if, if you control for that and you, and you look at it overall across a large population, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that some drivers perform differently and better than others on off-center hits. Um, and so I, I think but you I'm can... sorry, sorry, I can't hold you there. I'm confused with that. So some drivers <clears> perform <throat> better on off center hits when they hit, let's say, let's take high on the toe. Yeah, high on the but toe. But are they hitting down and left or up and out as they hit high on the toe? If you control for that, if you look at all the other characteristics of the swing, so I'm talking about GC quad data. No, right? no, and but it... no, no. But what I'm no, sorry, I'm not making myself clear. So what I mean is. This let's pretend this driver that doesn't perform as well as A driver doesn't perform as well as B driver. Does it not perform as well on all deliveries on off center hits? Because obviously you've got many different variations. You've got off center hits as one, right? But then you've got to add in the delivery to that as well. So club A is worse than club B high off the toe when hitting out to in, four down, but they're the same when they're both hitting four up, two out, into out. Does that make sense? Uh, it does make sense. And I can say from, from what I've seen, um, there is a difference in all things being equal, off-center hits. So you take everything else, and you, everything is exactly the same. Same, uh, same club path, same angle of attack, same strike on the face, um, same club speed, same everything. Um, there's a difference in what I've seen. Um, and so I think some clubs do perform better than others on off-center hits. And maybe a better way to think about that is maybe some clubs perform better for me on my kind of off-center hit than they would for you. Uh, and I think there might be some truth to that. The other thing, you know, to, to answer your question, the second way is why do people think they can buy a game or buy improvement? I think it's the same reason why guys like me, you know, buy training aids. You know, we, we think – we think that there's uh, uh, something out there that can help and people golfers are so driven to try to improve that we're willing to try a lot of different things. And for some people that's equipment for some people, it's training. It's for some people, Definitely. it's something different. Um, so at the end of the day, we're all just trying to get better. And um, some people gravitate towards new equipment. Some people gravitate towards a garage full of training aids. <laughs> <laughs> and not i'm i'm not saying new equipment isn't fun i love testing equipment yeah. and i'm pretty certain i know what's going to come out of that a bit of equipment before i hit it like I, I, the statistics guy i work with said you're basically testing to make sure everything is the same and then he says if you see something that isn't the same you're almost then going well how is that not the same what's like you're not going in to see if one is longer. You're almost going in expecting 
to show that they're the same. But if one doesn't come out as the same, you're then going, well, how is that possible? Oh, look, that one's low spinner and that one's high spinning. So for me, when I deliver it, that lower spinning will go further. But there's two you- there. I, and I don't know if you do this or not, and I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm curious yeah, if you measure every club you get. So, and I, and I reason I ask that is um, like, I go back. I to don't, a, I don't, yeah. I have looked at buying machines to measure, but the reason I don't is that the consumer that I'm talking to is not going to be able to measure any of the clubs they've got. If they want to see who has the best tolerances of bill, to be honest with you now, from the data I've seen from measurements over the years from different manufacturers, they're very, very close. There's a couple of companies that I would argue their tolerances are a little out and I'm not going to mention, but still saying that their tolerances are out when I get the product, I don't see a difference in in performance. I think, the, again, the difference would be so small. Would you see it over the standard deviations of the average golf? Not sure. Are you getting what you deserve? Like, because they're expensive? Well, maybe not. But I have looked at machine. I've literally, I'm this close to buying an MLI you should buy. You should buy right. one and you should start measuring everything. I'm curious because I go back to a, uh, boy, I'm going to, I think we talked about this on the, on a, I think we talked about this, but I'm going to, I'm going to hide everything. So a certain, a certain uh, professional golfer podcast host that we know very well uh, was talking about a certain golf equipment company that doesn't make golf equipment anymore. Um, And he said they had an issue with spin and they were cranking up the lofts on the driver um, to account for the issues that they were having. And, And so it may have said nine degrees on the head, but it was really 11 and a half. Um, and I don't think companies are really doing that, especially the big companies. Well, I measure, I measure dynamic loft on nearly every product. So I don't care about what it says on the club. So I, I don't, people say that to me. I had a few comments on a recent video. Well, that's an eight and that one's an eight and a half that you're testing or something like that. Well, I, I, I measured a dynamic. I don't care what they are. I measure what happens when it hits the ball so i can see the launch i can see the spin and nine times out of ten they're dotted up and i can see the dynamic loft i don't care what loves on it i, I want to know what i'm presenting with it it's irrelevant what's on it for all intents and purposes it's what i'm presenting so i i, I measure that i i don't know ah, yeah but i would push back on that and say you know that you need to adjust right so no if no you... i don't i don't i can't feel half a degree you're, you I, are I, so I keyed in. You can feel a quarter of a degree. Come on. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish <laughs> I could. I see the data that comes out. And if one needs crank. So before I start filming, I hit shots with a club. And then I think if something is happening, which is strange, something spinning, you know, I'm a 2000 to two and a half spinner. Like I can get one eight. Well, let's say one eight to two five. If we're out of those parameters, then something's not right. Low spin drivers are around two two at the moment. They used to be one eight to two thousand. Medium spin drivers are around two two to two four. They're actually really overlapping now. Low spin and medium spin heads really do overlap now. They're not like they used to be. If I hit one while I'm warming up and testing to see if the product is reviewable. I will crank it. So if I get like ping, I've done that with pings. I've had pings where I've had a nine degree and uh, I can't remember what it was. I think I had to knock it up to nine and a half. I can't remember one of the pings I had once. It was just not going like any of the pings I'd had before. So I just changed the loft a bit on it and the numbers fell into place. So this head I have needs to be here. That's not saying pings tolerances aren't good. I would argue they're probably one of the best companies out there for tolerances to be fair. Um, 
because obviously the center of gravity is in a different place with different heads. So I could measure that, but I, I'm kind of measuring that in the delivery because I see that play out in the numbers. If a center of gravity is millimeters forwards, it's lower spinning. And if it's millimeters back, it's slightly higher spinning. And then in turn, sometimes the loft has to be tweaked. But that's all done pre-filming. I, I get the numbers before I turn that camera on, even though I might say, let's go and look at the numbers, nine times out of 10, I've captured those numbers before I'd start doing the production bit because the club I want to take on the course is the one that is working for me and the one I'm going to show you the numbers for when I'm hitting it. It, it, I, I'm not just hitting, even though it sounds like I'm hitting it for the first time, it's not always actually, it's, like, it's a little bit Hollywoody, if you like, you know, because you know Iron Man's not real, don't we? You know, like <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is an actor, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do we know that yeah. um so i kind of do measure so I'm, i would say i measure if you think even i don't center of gravity i measure dynamic loft so the loft on the club but i had like i say the the, the um ct machine i wanted i'm close to i nearly bought a ct machine over lockdown when i was a little <laughs> bored and i just thought i'll ct every club because people are saying one club goes further than another well, let's look at, we can measure the CTs. I've seen them do it in tour trucks and I've asked each tour truck I've been to, where do you get that machine? They don't tell me because companies don't like you measuring CT. They don't like it. Uh, how, because uh, are you going to get one? You should get I one. might do. Do you want me yeah. to? I could I've, do. They're not cheap. Um, yeah, I won't ask I've you how much they to, were. Because it's I'd... a funny question. I'll tell you after we feel finished. Yeah, yeah. I just and think we... it's a funny question when someone says a club is going further. Well, we can we can measure the CT of that club, and then all we're talking about now is that you delivered it slightly different. That's not the club. That's you and the club. That's like me saying, you know, if I put my favourite hat on, which I'm doing for for, for um, Lou to see. That's my favourite. That hat, is Lou. a that is a good looking hat right there. <laughs> what would you call, what would you wish... call that? Uh, I, I would what, call it's like it a something, pork pie hat someone called it once basically. I would call it's it like something a... I wouldn't wear is what I would call it <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wear that one <laughs> so this is my favorite hat it's like me saying if I put my favorite hat on I feel like a million dollars well I do yeah. but I put it on your head and you're gonna feel like minus two hundred dollars oh, I would, feel comfortable yeah. in it. it would never fit to I have a giant coconut head there's no way yeah, that would fit. it would, very, it yeah, would yeah, sit very on the top of my head yeah. I, I, I have a very ironically small <laughs> head i always think it's quite funny considering how large my head is in, in relationship to my own standard of when problem. you tell me how much that machine costs can you tell me in quid please <laughs> yeah i will i'll tell you after we finish i've yeah. looked at them i found one in the uk that i can get one from and i thought nice. i knew i would buy it and i'll put it in a youtube video and i think like people would and i just there's a bit with, with my videos, it's it's tricky between giving people good information, which is what all I desire to do, and then giving them a little bit too much information that starts to confuse them. So, and I see that in the numbers. Like I see that in the numbers from that guy who messaged me politely and thanks for doing it on Instagram about his numbers. I saw confusion, but in his comment comments, he was quite positive that he hit it further. I can see why he hit it further because the way the test has been run. Well, it's not a test. Like we were talking earlier about companies. That's not a test. That yeah. is a selling process. You've hit 15 shots after a couple with your driver, and then you're comparing it to that. The only way to compare to that is to then stop, come back the next day, same day, time of the day, after eating the same breakfast, same amount of sleep, 
hit two shots and then do an equivalent test because you're only going to be getting faster. And anyone in the comments, let us know how many fits have you had where you retest your club at the end? I bet you don't. It's not something a fitter has any interest in doing, to be fair, because why would they? It's just going to show that you've got to whatever you are at that point in the fit and maybe it won't show what they want it to show. So um, there we go. All right, we we've kind of um, I want to I want to talk about I want to bring something up and we may do it right now or, or we may wait. But what we haven't done yet this year is we haven't done a prediction of who's going to win each major. We did that last year and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like I that. Well, what we're going to do? Right. We need to do that with Greg. Yeah, we need to have inside scoops. So we'll do yeah. that in the next episode with Greg. I think that's a good idea. Is Greg allowed to pick himself? Yeah, he of was. Of course he is. Yeah, he's allowed to pick himself. You sure. ruined my gag. Uh, when we yeah. did it, I was just going to say Greg Chalmers for all four majors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Where, the, it's the Open. Is it, the it's Open's St. at St. Andrews, right? Yeah, this it year. Is, yeah, yeah that'll is. be a good one. Are you going to go? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't normally go to the Open, no, to be fair. It's not my favorite event to go to. Um Weather's not guaranteed. Scotland's up there's a long way away. You can't do any much filming around it or any. Um, I feel I just I've been to the Open enough times. It's a great event. I'd rather watch it on telly. I, I don't yeah. need to go to it. I would like to go to a US Open. Never been to one of them, and I've never been to a Ryder Cup in America as well. Oh, quite like US to go Open. to America. Yeah, you should. US Open might be a good one for you to come to this year because what date is it? It's in June um the june, second week of again? june right around father's you know father's day so second week where of june. is it it's at uh it's in massachusetts uh the country club that's up north isn't it Central um north. it's just north of new york city not too far away oh, okay yeah i mean a little bit but manageable i feel like we're yeah. not talking podcast stuff anymore here we should probably wrap this we're up just, yeah i will yeah and i'll tell you about that ct machine uh, moral of the story is go and enjoy your club fits be careful how you do them if you want i said to someone today i was talking about this extensively and i said to him and this isn't a problem it's, i'm not judging don't get uh, if you're listening get upset with this comment because i'm happy for you to spend your money wherever you are some people go to a club fit because they want a new club i would say that's 80 to 90 percent we go to club fits and i'll tell you why to end the podcast i would say five to ten percent go because they want to test the reason most people go who want to buy a new club. So what I mean, they're not going to test. They're just going, like I've had so many club fits when I used to fit and they're literally coming in going, I don't want to play this driver anymore. Get me a new one. Yeah, cool. It's fine. Like that. Yes. You got to do what you got to do. Um, the, the main reason that happens, if you're a good fitter, you don't want to do too many people that want to do tests because you won't sell anything to them. If you're a good fitter, you will want to do the 90 or 95% of people who are coming for a new club because that's your core audience. That's your business. So I think that's the thing that you've got to establish if you're going for your fitting. So I'm talking more if you want to do tests, I test club, see what's different. If you want to go and get a new driver, go and get fit, go and find out what suits you and you like the best. If you're seeing 15, 20 yards worth of gains, the biggest question you need to ask yourself and the one I always ask people, which relates back to what your statement earlier about that player saying that the ball just spun. I just want to know why. If you're seeing 15, 20 yards more distance, try and find out why. It's not magic. It's not tech. 
very rarely it's the shaft unless that shaft is just transformed where you strike it and change degrees, massive degrees of delivery. Um, it'll be because you've got a dynamic loft that's just crazy and it's changed. So find out why that is, because the secret to your gains might be in there for, for further gains, basically. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. I'm going to close it out on that and then I'll tell you about the CT machine, Lou. Love it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Lou, as always. Yeah, it was a fun one. Greg should be back in the next episode and we will do major picks, definitely. I always like that episode because I'm pretty sure I got two right one year, but I don't like to talk about it. Let's just move <laughs> on. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And um, as always, we'll look forward to chatting to you in the next podcast. <laughs>